laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. I think the ignorance is bliss thing kind of comes into play there, where it's like, I don't know if I feel good. I think that's kind of the end game for me. I'm happy in my own ignorance. And if I'm happy, I'm happy. And I, that is selfish, though, because if you're contributing to a larger impedance of human progress, then you are being selfish. You are serving yourself before you are your community. And that comes down to like a lot of political ideology, too. And it yeah. leads to a lot of surface solutions rather than getting to the root of like solving problems. It doesn't help you in the long run, though. I mean, in general, as a, as a human or as a part of a bigger collective, because we're all in a we're not in a vacuum. No. Uh, every you know, everything we do has the butterfly effect. Yeah. Uh, everything we do does impact somebody else in some way, and so we have to think of that first. Hey everyone, before you start this episode of You Can't Laugh at That, be sure to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you give us five stars so that the algorithm works in our favor so we can get this podcast out to more people. Because the point of this podcast is to prove that anything can be funny. So whether you're trying to write a joke about this topic or you're having a hard time finding the humor in any given situation, we want to be able to say, hey, point to whatever episode this is and you can see that it's okay to laugh at whatever topic that episode is about. That's our point. That's why we're here. So if you could do that, that helps us a lot. Share with your friends, follow us on social media, like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. And if you become a patron at patreon.com forward slash You Can't Laugh Pod, you'll get access to hours of footage that's never been seen or heard from any of these episodes. We've got bonus footage from episodes with Greg Stone and Anthony DeVito and Mary Santora and John Armstrong. I mean, so many different episodes with bonus content that you've never heard before. Patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod for $5 a month that you get access to all kinds of exclusive footage. Follow us on social media, rate us, share us with your friends, talk about us at dinner. And remember that no matter how difficult things may seem, no matter how stressed you may be, there's always a way to laugh at that. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics you can't laugh at and we prove that you can laugh at them uh, because we're comedians and that's what we do. Joining me today is Jeremy Demery, live from Golden Ox Studio, and Steve Mers, live from Steve Mers Studio. San Francisco. <laughs> the well, San Francisco treat ding ding. Yeah, so, that, that real estate's got to be expensive, especially with that view. Is. Thank it's you guys for state. having me as today's guest. Yeah, Jeremy yeah. is our guest today. We're going to talk about what's 
what we can't laugh at this week and uh, why we should. You know what we can laugh at is that there's nobody doing a podcast on Zoom in San Francisco with a Cleveland background. That's true. <laughs> Mark it. That, well, without, <laughs> jo- without joking about it, like, <laughs> get it? It's stupid. Yeah, no one's doing it. Like, no, this is beautiful. This is yeah, no, we're like, wow, this would be cool, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, the Detroit Superior Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians. Uh, well, today we had a guest lined up, but uh, travel restrictions got in the way. So here we are, uh, the three of us banding together. Um, I would like to make an announcement that I have tested positive for COVID and I have it a second time. So this is. Uh, it gave you a stigmatism. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm wearing glasses now. Yeah. Thank you. I'm actually waiting for real. Those are blue light blockers. But yeah, so I'm vaccinated and I spoke at a conference in South Carolina last week. And I assume that's where it came from. (laughs) South Carolina? No way. Yeah, right. I don't believe that for a minute. It was right there and nobody was masked. Uh, Can you believe it? So, uh, so yeah. So if you, I didn't start showing symptoms until Wednesday. So, um, Probably pretty good, but if you did see me Tuesday at TikTok, probably uh, get yourself a test and go from there. So, I mean, breaking it to you on the podcast, you have to listen to know if you have COVID. Right. That's, the <laughs> That's a really good selling point. <laughs> the business. Of, hey, if you really want to, if you care about your health, you'll listen to our podcast. This week on You Can't Laugh at That. Do you want to die? You can cough at that. <laughs> yeah. No, but, cough uh, at that. Yeah, so that's really what's going on in my life this week. What's going on with you guys this week? We all got tested for COVID and only one of us got it, has it. <laughs> so far, <laughs> it's probably just going to happen, karma. I, I, I my, my success rate uh, for not having COVID is not great. No. <laughs> yeah, I th- honestly, I thought, this, COVID. I thought this was your third time getting it. No second. I don't know where the where the rumor uh, came around. I, I, whoever came up with that rumor willed this into exi- into existence. That's what happened. I think I might have been the one because I thought you had it twice. God damn it! Jim. I'm sorry. I didn't it. mean that. Was it? There was totally an inverted. I th- I legitimately thought you've had it twice. Look at what you did. I'm sorry, David. It's not the masks, the lack of masks, and the lack the lack of vaxes. It's Jeremy's rumors. <laughs> this is what happens when you spread rumors. <laughs> Wait, so David had hasn't had COVID twice. I'm pretty sure David has had COVID twice. Well, now I have. I know. I'm joking. I'm just sitting. There. So yeah, maybe He's had COVID twice. I don't know if that rumor is not true now. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I put that out in the universe for you, David. And that's that's on me. That's on me. I'm gonna. I'm going to take the blame on this one. Yeah. If Jeremy I, ever talks about you having COVID, go get tested. <laughs> I gave yeah. you COVID without ever having gotten COVID myself. Son of he a speaks bitch. it into existence. He does. That's a weird superpower. Maybe you made up, made, came up with the whole virus to begin with. You're back in February of last year. You were like, you know what? You know what? A plague would be great. <laughs> See, uh, actually, that is kind of my superpower. My superpower is... Where I can self-project my insecurities onto other people, which so, is probably why I have more dead friends than alive friends. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, Jeremy gave you COVID. Uh, it's a, a Native American thing. <laughs> it's a, he gave it to you via um, 
mysticism or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to use the wrong word. Shamanism. Yeah, like a, it's karma. All of your houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving all the white people like COVID because they deserve it for their past sins. And that's all incredibly inaccurate. I'm just saying. I'm joking. Just so you know. Yeah, we uh, can't cite these sources. I don't. I don't like. I don't. I feel very uncomfortable. I want to make that joke because it's there, but I also don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, because it just. It's not a good. It's not a good look. Yeah, this uh, is what happens this. when you have a whole. If you country. listen to this podcast for health resources, don't. Yeah. yeah. I was See, just trying to be as politically correct, but still make the joke as much as possible. Yeah, you know this what is mean? what you get for building a whole country on an Indian burial ground. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, in reality, isn't everywhere just built on some sort of burial ground? Mastodons. So we're all cursed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forever. if you ask Canada, yes, it is. Because they keep I mean, if there were spirits everywhere, they'd be everywhere. <laughs> right. They keep finding mass graves in uh, Canada of indigenous people. It's crazy. The, the ones from more recent, right? Yeah. Like, the, like, yeah, when they would kill like school kids and stuff, that stuff's <laughs> so morbid. Fucking That's wild. genocide as fuck. It makes having COVID seem like a walk in the park. Yeah. It's actually, not like if, uh, if David's girlfriend comes in and she's like, Hey, I got to talk to David outside. And then David never comes back. <laughs> we'll just assume you moved to a different city. Oh, uh, she's mm-hmm. so mad at me. Uh, I get it, but also, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Now go to South Carolina? Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. I've got I've got two conferences in Florida next month that I'm speaking at. Oh, David. I know. Number three I, is coming up. Number three is coming up. Sorry. I, don't I already got paid, and I'm like, I can't uh, not do that because that's, my, that's how I'm going to support myself throughout all of September. <laughs> right. So it's like... Well, I'm going to mask up, and I hope they call me a pussy at these HR conferences. Be like, don't worry, I've just had COVID three times, or I've had it twice. And I'll uh, tell them three times, it sounds better. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's right. No one's ever said that before. And and comparing this to uh, mass graves of of natives, uh, of indigenous people, um, (laughs) COVID isn't, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. No. And so that's why I feel like there's so much room for this, these silly debates that people are having. Whereas there, there shouldn't be a debate. Let's look at data. Like if you really want to have a debate, let's first uh, appeal to your, to the experts that, you know, the doctors, like your personal physician, um, the hospital that that you go to, whatever. Wouldn't that be Um, ideal? Wouldn't it? And if you really want to say, I did research, research all the meta-analysis from all of the, the hundreds of studies that have been done. And then you have a, a, a ground to stand on. Right. You need lots of They support. did all the legwork for us, so we don't have to do the legwork. And, and you know those, and, and I think Ted Alexandro uh, says it best. You have to join the movement, see what's going on, plug in, right? All the marches, the women's march. The climate march, the science march. The scientists are marching. That's how bad it's gotten. They don't even like going outdoors. They have shit to research. They should be inside. They have to give up a Saturday because the president doesn't believe in climate science, thinks it's a hoax. You know the way those scientists are always trying to pull a fast one on us. (laughs) Oh, you rapscallions. Fool me once and then prove it over and over and over again. 
have it reviewed by your peers until it's a fact. What really bothers me is that what we're not talking about as a country, uh, what really solves mass amount of people getting COVID is just having a good guy with COVID in any crowd. Yeah, right. that's you're you're right. How we Why haven't it? we done that yet? Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't die. It's a good guy with COVID though. <laughs> How shitty of a parent are parents today, considering like you're just as likely to have your kid uh die in a school shooting or die getting COVID and you're still like, you know, I'm sending them back to school. I can't do any like I can can't do another hour of homeschooling. They've determined that um Kids are getting more sick, not necessarily because COVID is more severe, but be just because it spreads faster and you're just going through more of the population and getting those odds raised through sheer numbers rather than the quality of the virus is the quantity of the virus. Um, you're right. I was wrong for shitting on parents when I'm not a parent. Well, no, I wasn't negating that unless that's not what you meant. But, it's a parent, uh, then I'm not a parent. No, no. Cut that well, last just, part out. <laughs> yeah, no, but either way, we shouldn't be letting kids go back. I mean, you, we have to in a sense, but I mean, like, just the sheer fact that so many of them are, are going to die. It's weird because, like, 0.7% of kids are dying of COVID. In the, if you're admitted to the hospital, there's almost a 1% chance of your child dying. It's uh, high. It's so fun. It's not so funny, but it's like, it's so ironic that, you know, when it comes to school shootings, it's like, what could we have done to prevent it? Right. All right. So when it comes to, so when your kid, your unvaccinated kid and your unvaccinated parents, you don't believe in the vaccine and your kid dies, are you really going to have ask that same question? Can you ask that same question? They're treating guns and COVID the same way. We need more of it to make all the bads. <laughs> we need more of it to make all the bad stuff go away, even though it's actually just the sheer volume of it is causing all the bad stuff. The amount of irony that is baked into every single thing thing that I see pretty much anymore is, is, uh, it's baffling, but it, it's, it's comedy. It's, it writes itself. It's, you know, Oh, we're sick of COVID. We want it to go away. All right, cool. Uh, here's how you can do that. You can wear a mask or you can get vaccinated or you can do both, or you can stay home. There are options. What would you like to do? None of those, but we still want it to go away. Well, no, I'd rather stand around cool. and complain about how my freedoms are being impeached upon. Which is funny, like, it's, you're impeding upon other people's freedom. Complaining about your freedom being impeded upon. The freedom is only one small part of it. Your health and your happiness are also important aspects of living a good life. It's not so much your free. I mean, if you're in a circumstance where you have to choose between freedom and just sheer health, you have to pick health. It's a no-brainer because health is your freedom to live. Mm -hmm. comfortably so it is kind of an ironic it's kind of funny how they don't realize that there is a lot of indirect contradictions with freedom that that, re that what really matters is your health so we're talking life liberty and the pursuit of happiness life and if there's something going around that is snuffing out people's lives then it's right there there's no in the Declaration in of Independence, right? There's no freedom death. in death. There's no there's no life in death, obviously, and and so it's it's their job to 
to set in motion whatever to solve that problem. Give me liberty or give me death is full of loaded information. It's like, give me how much liberty for death? Because there's a certain amount of liberty you would give up to mm. still live. It's that simple. Um, it's the nuance that people don't want to have discussions about. It's become so black or white. It's become so like us versus them. That's a and, low res. Go ahead. And, and that's the absurdity of existence is that it's never us versus them. It's so much more complex than that. It's never one reason or the other. It, it's so much more complex than that. And talking about those complexities requires uh, the willingness to admit being wrong. It, it requires work and it requires building up empathy and, and communication skills, which might I add, are our human being superpowers. Empathy. Like, what other animals have empathy? Like, communication, sure, other, there are primitive ways to communicate, but we can, I mean, we can read nonverbals, we can uh, we can think ahead, we can think about past interactions consciously, and we're not using those things when we're, when we're going, it's, it's either this or that. Empathy just, is a survival tool. Yep. That's what keeps, that's why we're still here, is because we weren't as barbaric as we once were. Yep. We've we've actually exploded because of our empathy and vaccines, by the way. Yep. That's why all those other homes are gone. People. There's <laughs> billions of people on this planet because of vaccines. That's literally mm-hmm. the thing that's keeping it sustainable. And uh, empathy is also uh, an aspect of intelligence. If you don't have empathy, you aren't that smart. Mm-hmm. You really aren't. Um, you don't have what it, where it counts, and it, at least. I mean, you can be a mathematician and be a dickhead, but if you don't have empathy, you're not a fully rounded human being. Um, and all this Trumpism is is anti-empathy, yep. purely. Okay. And it's that's stupidity. That's boneheaded. Yep. When has Trump ever asked the question? <laughs> when have those people ever asked know, the right? questions? But, but that's the, the thing is is. We fall into this trap too, like, and, and that's how. So, how do we get through to people who are so resistant to what seems con- commonsensical, but common sense isn't necessarily common knowledge? So, how do we connect? Uh, uh, can we do it through comedy? Can we get them to laugh at themselves? I mean, maybe that 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 uh, opens a crack in the door, but it's not going to get them to do it. I'm reading. Uh, I keep referring back to this book. It's called Think Again by Adam Grant. It's the science of basic, the power of knowing what you don't know. And uh, being willing to say, I don't know. And uh, what, let's see, what he says here. uh, Many communicators try to make themselves look smart. Great listeners are more interested in making their audiences feel smart. So how can we make them feel smart in a way that inspires them to have empathy, to care about people other than themselves that's a that's a tricky question it's, people need yeah. to have profound experiences and epiphanies <laughs> i think in some cases sorry jeremy mm-hmm. what are you gonna say uh i think we should just what we should do is we should uh put acid in the water lines of most major poly, uh major uh major cities and then watch empathy and love grow Selflessness. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's just frustrating that like there's a whole generation of people uh, that are part of the I mean my mentality, and it doesn't. We can either grow together or we can die alone, and that those are the only two early options right now available to all of us. Mm-hmm. Like they, I'd rather do it together. Yeah. 
You know, it's weird though. Is I think some people use, some people tend to think that everyone, everyone else is like them or have a habit of trying to get through to other people in a, in the ways that are effective for them. I am effect. I am. It's highly effective for me to learn if I am shamed. And so I shame other people thinking it's going to work on them. If someone calls me an idiot, I don't go, no, I'm not. I go, Oh fuck. I think I might be an idiot. And then I, <laughs> and then I fix it. I literally, cause I believe people, I do listen to people and I believe them. I don't, I don't go, no, you're dumb. Unless they say something that is actually like demonstrably stupid which happens a lot. But when someone that knows more than me is like, Steve, you're being an idiot. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm being an idiot. And then I get better. So or at least it doesn't work. Of like, why was this person perceiving me as being an idiot when I think that I know what I'm talking about? And then you, that's a good place of humility to be in to go, yeah. Oh, is what I think is as truth or what I believe to be as truth, uh, structurally sound. And that's mm-hmm. the difference between somebody like uh, us or the opposing side is that we have the ability to go, maybe what I think isn't necessarily 100% correct, and I'm willing to navigate that uh, and pursue that n- new way of thinking. MRIs have proven that liberals tend to be more open-minded and willing to change their minds about things versus, and that's not based in fear. That's based in like logic and understanding versus just fear. And like, no, I'm going to double, triple, quadruple down. Like they have been, they have tended to, I don't want to generalize, but it is a, a tendency and it is, there is a strong correlation there. Right. They, they're making most of their, so when it comes to this conversation, when liberals make their point, they, they root it in facts and data, whereas uh, conservatives root it in emotion. That's why the culture war uh, is the only conversation that they want to have versus like, yo, China is whooping our ass in innovation. Like China and Singapore and Israel and, and Scandinavian countries. And I mean, there are all these like America is the country of innovation and your way of thinking is keeping us rooted in the past because there's an emotional bond to the glory days. And, and you can't present data to somebody who's thinking with their amygdala, who's thinking, you know, through that primal, uh, that the lizard brain or the, and it's all conditioning too. It's all, it's a mix of nature and nurture. Sure. We're trained like dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you grow up as a kid uh, and you you hear over and over again that, you know, uh, liberals are the devil and, the, you know, uh, abortion is uh, is awful and terrible. And here's all the reasons why. And here are a bunch of pictures of people that could have been your friends, like that they were aboard. And it's like so they get this emotional contagion, this emotional. Yeah. Uh, within these communities. And then you go to these communities and then you see them falling apart. You, the education is is behind. So you can't make the factual argument. You have to find a way to play into their emotions. That's the thing. Right. It's so rooted in religion for these people because, you know, you can't you can't disprove God in the same way they can't prove that God exists. So you kind of left at a stalemate of like uh, your belief over mine. And, and just being a, a what ahead. sounds better to them. It's a clear answer because they haven't constructed a whole alternate world that they can live in without their religion. And it's scary to them. Right. And if you're threatened, 
how can you get them to explore nuance and uh, read between the lines in, in uh, some of the things? And I, and I, you know, driving down south, I mean, I see these giant crosses by the highway that have to have cost thousands of dollars. And it's like, you could have put somebody through college with that money. Like you could have donated that money to ch- like Jesus wasn't like, hey, uh, hey, before I go, you guys, um, put this thing like everywhere, this thing that I'm on, like put it everywhere. So people are reminded that they need to like the me. torture like, device. Yeah. Yeah. The, the medieval tar, the, you gotta the, put the, the bronze age torture device. Yeah. Up. Um, <laughs> yeah. His whole thing was the message, like love one another, turn the other cheek. And then, uh, you know, he had all the other stories that, that, um, and fable is the, uh, parables that, that played into those messages. And the second people started building statues of him was the second the message was lost. There's, there's a lot of irony in people who put so much emphasis on Liberty, but yet they don't, they don't seem to realize that their mental autonomy has been hijacked. Mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. that's hilarious. That's super ironic. Which begs the question, are we, have we fallen victim to the same thing and we don't realize it? I've thought about, I'd give this too much thought. No, (laughs) I simply don't because I'm always checking for biases. I'm super hyper aware of that stuff. I care about metacognition. These are all things that I really have spent literally decades on working on, you know, Mm -hmm. since I was like a teenager, I've been on the internet learning about all these different things. Some of which it's not clear cut. There are certain areas there. I do have weaknesses, but in a general sense of just understanding the scientific method and evidence and stuff, that's been hyper reinforced throughout my life. So it's like, it's not going to go away. I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. not, if you're not questioning even the things that you believe is core truth, then you're not developing as an individual. Right. And I I think that, I, I mean, just as comedians alone, we're so prone to ask those questions and to question what we think is ultimate truth. And that's where we find funny 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Continuing to challenge your own perceptions and continuing to, to question, like, could this be funnier or, or uh, is this thing that's happening to me that I hate right now? Like, can I make this funny or, or is there more to it than this? Or um, could I be wrong? And, and a lot of times my misperception of things, my my initial gut reaction to things is where I find the funny is where I uh, evolve a lot of my bits from just that basic mm. raw material of, Oh, I was thinking out of my mind and I believed it so much that it's funny. And then I, and then I build a bit around all the reasons why it's funny. You know what I value is a, uh, you know, like what, what Jeremy just said, where he's like, you know, are we checking for our own our own biases? Well, all right, this is what I always say, because people get real general when we start speaking in these terms. We're like, oh, what biases about what? Can we get specific? Everything. Let's get specific because everything is different. I mm. screw up all the time, but it's like there's it depends on what it is. Like, what are we talking about? Like, it's so muddled. I don't, I don't like to speak in that those terms. Like, what specifically do you want to talk about? And we can get to the bottom of it. Well, I mean, so let's take you, you create a lot of content. You, you shoot a lot of uh, short films and, and videos and things like that. Look back at the things that you thought were right three, four, five years ago, the projects that you worked on, uh, whether it's lighting, sound, uh, whatever camera angle that you, that you chose or, or editing that mm-hmm. you did. And now look at it in hindsight. Would you have done it differently? 
Yes. Pick like a specific product. But, you know? but that but that itself is not is is analog to what we're talking about in a sense, but it's not I'm literally trying looking for something specific of what we are talking about. Like currently. To, to, to really get into it because it really matters. Everything is different. I am wrong all the time. But when it comes to things that are more like based on the scientific method, that's where it becomes more consistent. There's it's so like what are we even talking about? We could be talking about a million different things right now. What well, let's put it in terms of this climate podcast. change? Climate yeah. change. Yeah. That's 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 been. I've been saying. I've been. I've believed in climate change since I was a young kid, watching Nickelodeon, Orange Appeal. Do you remember that? Ooh. Orange Appeal. Do you remember Orange Appeal? No. All right. They used to talk about the ozone and stuff, and like, blah blah blah. And it's like all this stuff has been hammered into me. But over the years, you know, it's just like, but turned out to be true. Is that a coincidence? It might be. I might have been. It's not like I was a, a kid reading studies, but all this stuff made sense. It turned out to be true. Well, it's um, just, but as, that's just one thing. It's astonishing to me that like a comedian like George Carlin, his comedy or what he was speaking about during his time, which you would think at this point would be dated, is still just as relevant today as it was the day he said it. Uh, to from George Carlin to uh, I mean, it's, it's arguably, I guess some of what Lenny Bruce was talking about um, when it comes to like uh, uh, you know what you can and cannot say, and then um, you know Bill Hicks as well. Like it's just funny to me that they were talking about things of their time, and it, those things are still a problem today. Like we had made zero progress whatsoever on any of it. Or if you see old clips of politicians talking about things of their time of the things we need to fix or things we need uh, laws on or government uh, shiftings on things. And th those things are still that we have made zero progress on any of it because we spend more time talking about what we think we should be doing than doing anything at all. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of building the wings on the way down, you know, jumping and, and you know, trying to figure it out. Um, Cause at least you're, you're creating some positive momentum. It's undeniable that the, the planet is getting warmer. Uh, I don't have the, the expertise to say whether or not humans are, are, um, causing it, but I can say that I want to live in a world with clean air, clean water. I want to walk into the middle of, of Manhattan and take a deep breath of fresh air because uh, of the fact that all the cars are, are electric. They're not giving off any exhaust. Like, you know, it's just better for our health long-term. We can extend life uh, spans that way. Um, and so, so, Adapting green technology to me is common sense, not because just the, the planet is getting warmer and, and we can use it to adapt to those changes that are inevitable, um, but we, it can make us healthier, live longer, uh, more intelligent, because if we're not, you know, all those fumes in our, in our brains, like it allows them to, to make uh, better decisions. Like, so there's all these things. I mean, think about lead in the pipes, how that stunts people's uh, growth mentally. Or, uh, I mean, there's the theory that, that there were so, uh, so many serial killers uh, within, uh, between the, um, 
the seventies and the, and the nineties, because those kids grew up with lead paint in their house. And so they were exposed to these brain altering chemicals. Uh, I mean, so there's, there's any different way of looking at it. My, my question is how can we make our lives better and how can, uh, in doing that, we make the lives of the people coming after us better because we did what we did. I think AI is going to be able to figure out how to convince people to be smarter. I don't think it's going to necessarily have to just tell people. It can figure out a way to psychologically get people to figure it out themselves. And one thing I th I'm thinking right now is instead of um, people need to understand that in order to have a better life, you need to first be let go of your comfort and care about what is true instead of caring about what is comfortable. Because when you start to, ex when everyone as a collective starts to accept everything that is true, not comfortable, things will become more comfortable with that understanding. It will come as a investment and not as an instant gratification of comfort of how comfortable can you be when you deep inside kind of know it's a lie. It's like, but they don't. I think I, think I can. I do believe that they don't know that deep inside, but I think that they don't understand that, you know, with with time, letting go of that comfort will bring comfort at least to your offspring. But you're being selfish and egotistical. Mm -hmm. If they respond with anger, that is an outward showing of that inner insecurity in their belief. If they can stand by that belief, then I don't care what you say to me. You know, if if. If I know what my belief is, is founded in fact, and you dispute that, it doesn't make me angry. It makes me feel bad for you. And not, I'm not angry at you. I don't want to fight. I don't want to argue. I just, I feel for you. Like that, that empathy. It's like, oh. That is important. That's what thing. I have to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's That's like, I, I mean, you on. go to these small towns and you see that they have no experience of the outside world. And it's like, how do you communicate with them? And, and so... I mean, looking at like comedy and tying it together with the scientific method, like first you have to make an observation and, and, and ask questions about that observation, right? That's the first step. So like, how can we communicate with them using the scientific method without them even realizing it? Right. And, and I'm looking at, at, at the, uh, the, the scientific method, that cycle, and it's very familiar in that this is how I write a joke. Observe and question, research topic, hypothesis, test with experiment, analyze data, report conclusions, observe and question, and it continues. Something that makes you feel better will automatically feel more right, more true than something that doesn't make you feel good. I think mm -hmm. that might be the crux of it, part of it. I mean, I think that it's safe to say that that is true, at least for some people. I mean, it, it does even for people that aren't, on the other side of, I don't like to say the other side. It's more, yeah, it's not, it's but just, like, yeah. you know, it's, um, so, you I'm know, having a tough, I'm having a tough time with that one because what is immediately satisfying may not always be the right thing like for you. I mean, I'm thinking about like, yeah, eating, yeah. Uh, eating a whole bag of gummy bears is immediately satisfying, but it is not good for me. If it's actually not true, but it makes you feel good to believe that it is, yeah, I don't think that down the line that's going to help you in any way. Yeah. But you get that instant dopamine hit, and then and it's misleading. I think the ignorance is bliss thing kind of comes into play there, where it's like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if I feel good. I think that's kind of the end game for me. I'm happy in my own ignorance. And if I'm happy, I'm happy. And I, that is selfish though, because if you're contributing to a larger impedance of human progress, then you are being selfish. You are serving yourself before you are your community. And that comes down to like a lot of political ideology too. And it leads to a lot of surface solutions rather than getting to the root of like solving problems. It doesn't help you in the long run though. I mean, in general, as a a human, as a part of a bigger collective, because we're all in a, we're not in a vacuum. No. Everything we do has the butterfly effect. Uh, Everything we do does impact somebody else in some way. And so we have to think of that first. I mean, that's the same reason why we have such an issue with the separation of church and state. Like, because the way the religion is built upon in order to develop your way of thinking and your worldview, it's hard to explain to somebody who is religious that there is a separation of church and state. That's why Joe Biden can be... uh, who can politically be pro-choice, but m- his moral beliefs or his religion makes him uh, pro-life. You have the freedom to practice that religion, but you keep it out of your politics. That's like, it, I don't think we've really, it's easy to say we have a separation of church and state. It's harder to figure out how to bring that into practice. People do want theocracy or wish there would be because they answer to God first. They don't answer to our, their government first. In their world, God rules. So therefore, anything you know religious is entirely on the table to rule their lives in a, in a forceful way. And that's scary. That's cultism. I don't like it. And there's also another thing where religion is just being threatened by the more progress there is, the more religion is threatened. And then they start to get real violent. Right. They, they want to fight back and they want to have a crusade and it's not That's good. the fucking irony. The yeah. judgment. Only God can judge, but excuse me while I judge everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up a yeah, mirror if, once if, in a while. If God is so fucking powerful, he's going to make it very obvious and he's, everything's going to be okay and you need to let go of the wheel and let God take it, right? You can't laugh at that. If we can boil this conversation down to one point, it's that uh, we're quick to make judgments and uh, and very slow to ask questions because we're afraid of what we might find. And if instead of people were to damn uh, those who decide to uh, terminate a pregnancy, instead of asking, like, what if you were to ask that person a question? Like, you know, uh, oh, this person's 16 years old. Or like, you know, you know to just really like have that one-on-one human experience. It's empathy again. You know, you, you might realize that you have empathy for somebody and that's scary if they're doing something that you don't agree with. It's hard to have empathy with people that are, that get violent or, or will literally never want to listen to you. It's super, they make that super difficult. It's like, you remember when you were a kid and you wouldn't get your way, you'd get, I mean, you'd throw, you know, get as violent as you can be. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) How dare you? <laughs> but that, that's kind of the same sort of perspective as they haven't developed emotionally beyond that. And yeah, so an that's why, issue. what's that? I said, yeah, it's an emotional issue. You're totally uh-huh. right. hundred percent. It's why, that's why we got to go like to, not fall to that. We should right? not get to that level because then we just become as bad as they, well, almost in those terms that it's being, being ineffective. It's just as bad. Well, that's why yeah, it's so hard to argue with logically because, their frame of reference isn't 
uh, formed or have a foundation of logic. So it's hard right. to have a logical conversation with an illogical person. You know, the tools to so how do you on your level. And we're all illogical people, just some more than others. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. can't admit that, you've already admitted that you are. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, an, it's its own uh, coming on. Right. We, we behave illogically and then we rationalize it uh, logically in hindsight. <laughs> that's, that's why I hate having general discussions about things. Cause I'm like, let's get specific because yeah. everything is very, very detailed and nuanced. And I don't like that be to generalize because that's the foundational, one of the foundational issues. We fear right. specific, right. What's, what's gotten us here in the first place. I think, I think messaging needs to, uh, I think we, you can't address, you can address the elephant in the room, but <laughs> literally uh, you can address the elephant in the room, but you can't give it too much power. And so I think the messaging has to be around what, like an emotional message of what does the world look like if there's, uh, there's little to no pollution, if you know, we, can, we can feel confident in our drinking water, if we can feel confident in our vaccines and our medicine, if, you know, uh, what does the world look like if you can go out and not have to worry about passing an, a preventable uh, communicable disease? Like, what does that look like for you? and build that image up. You need to have a meta discussion with people. You can't have a, a discussion about politics or philosophy with someone before you don't have a discussion about the terms of the discussion and about how, mm -hmm. and about how, okay, do you value, you have to sit and a lot of people can't sit through this. They cannot sit through this. You, you, I would do this, but no one wants to do it. You ask them, all right, do you value evidence? Do you, do you understand that in order to believe something, you need to have evidence to support it. You need to, have, you need to have strong evidence to support it. Do you believe that? And that's when they already start to get resistant. It's like, why is this so hard for you? Because they're not sure whether their evidence is, is true or not. And they want to be right rather than learn something. Yeah. It's like, I've been so, there. I've done that. My problem is instead of having that discussion with people first, I just go right into it and have this assumption like maybe they'll get it. No, they never do. And it's like you need to have if they cannot come to if you cannot set the terms of a discussion before the discussion happens, you shouldn't have the discussion because mm -hmm. you're just going to get nowhere. It, it should always go back to the, the question thing. So it's like clarify for me what you meant by that or clarify for me, like have them answer for themselves because right. I mean th that's how I learn best Steve you know you you say when it comes to like learning when you feel like you're being made a fool and that's where you learn uh, whereas yeah. for me if somebody asks me a question and then I'm forced to answer my question and defend my position and then I find myself after a couple minutes of responding I'm talking in circles then I start to say okay all right I'm I'm willing to listen now so I, I feel yeah. like the power of questions is is something that can't be understated in this conversation. I have a really bad habit of speaking in abs in uh, not absolutes speaking, you know, speculating and then sounding like it's what it, it's a fact and it's not. It's mm -hmm. but I always like to support it with logic and evidence, but even then, there's only so much you can do. You have to take someone by the hand and take them to a uh, an archaeological center and show them fossils in order for them to really believe they exist. 
you can tell them, hey, these fossils exist, but they'll be like, no, nah, they don't. And it's they like, were made in the, the lab we live in Wuhan. <laughs> they, yeah. No, they, they live in this world where they you need to take people's hand and show them things. And even then, they might not believe you. It's like, what am I going to do with you? Mm. Yeah. So how does, uh, how does comedy uh, provide a sort of perspective shift? I mean, Carlin resonated with everybody. He, he resonated with conservatives. He resonated with liberals. Um, there were, there were the, the, the far, you know, the fringes that, that probably didn't totally agree with him. But how, how can we use humor in a way that, that helps people connect their, their cognitive dissonance? I, don't, I, I know. Go ahead. I was going to say that people will, uh, when you let people laugh, I would think that maybe it's possible that that helps them respect you a little bit more. And also making a good point, like maybe Carlin might have, and then you like you start to ease them. They they go from tense to like, okay, I like this guy. He's uh, you know they might have an opinion about you, but at least you're kind of opening them up to like, oh well, that was funny. So like, you, people respect you a little bit more when you're funny. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. that just helps. Mm-hmm. You can't elicit that sort of. Uh subconscious physiological reaction in some uh, in somebody and not have them like you a little bit more because of it you're putting your guard down you're, you're yeah. putting their guard yeah. down. yeah yeah so how can how, how can we do that i don't know uh the, it's a question that we'll continue to be asking but i mean looking at again looking at the scientific method this is like now that i have this in front of me i haven't looked at it in years um, it, it really is indicative of, of kind of my writing process. You know, I, oh, something is funny. Well, what's funny about it? How can I communicate that with the audience? Okay, like who else has joked about it? What has worked? Or like, um, I want to know more about this topic. If I communicate this, then the audience will laugh. And then I test that out with an experience, uh, experiment. They might laugh, they might not. They may do a little bit of both. So I'm going to go back, listen to the recording, analyze the data, figure out uh, where it worked, where it didn't, what I can change. Uh, and reporting conclusions, I mean, I don't really report conclusions to anybody. Like, I'm not like, so, uh, the Council of Comedy, like, here's here's what happened with my joke. Uh, but it always does go back to re-questioning and, and going back to the initial observation and then repeating that process until there's a bit. It's funny how I haven't even, like, considered that before. So what's funny about getting COVID a second time? The sequel is way better than the original in this case. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) And John Cusack wouldn't appear in it. That's what made it better. I'm just kidding. John Cusack has never done a sequel. Really? Yep. He's a one and done man. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. So he's either, if he's ever in a Marvel movie, he's either going to have to die or they're going to have to write him off. He, I'm, I'm willing to bet that John Cusack only got COVID once. (laughs) There it is. Found it. That's funny. There is something, there is so much there of having, having gotten COVID twice and maybe even throwing in the fact that you're also vaccinated. There's so much there. I just can't think of anything right now, but it's there. I guarantee it. It's like, yeah, we nobody wanted there to be a, a sequel to this movie. Like, right. What's a movie that got a sequel? Like Independence Day. 
Except the sequel sucked, so never mind. Yeah. So is there is yeah. There's more. It's just I don't like being put on the spot for it. Yeah, yeah. There's no spot putting here. It's just talking it out, you know. Yeah, but you (laughs) you get something for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll fuck around with it on stage. And you want to be careful with the sequel thing. A lot of people do sequel jokes, but I think it's in itself is good there. But I mean, I've heard a lot of jokes where it's like the second one. So you get, you know, it's I wouldn't call it hack because it's not quite that. It's just like using the like sequel stuff. It's like where where we say like think of the first joke, think of the second, and the third one is going to be your best one. Right. Right. Probably tie that in. Sure. In the I would say the sequel the sequel thing is is not original, but the 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 way where you took it was where you're like the second one is actually better than the first one, and it applies perfectly to COVID. That is original, and that's why I think it's okay. Yeah, not that I'm the authority. I'm just telling you what my opinion is, and it's truthful, and it's truthful. Yes, uh, yes, you know, but but I'm a real comedian. I commit to my jokes, and uh, you know, I'm thinking about my goal. Uh, 2022 get it a third time because the power of threes makes it there you go i like that Hmm. um the 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 sequel thing like that's that's not going to be the big punchline of course that's going to be i mean if if i write this into a bit that's going to be like the first joke to get the audience interested in where i'm going with it and the rule of threes do you guys use an oxford comma or not I don't know. I'm trying to like think of puns and I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't do puns. Oxford comma. Um, that band name called it. Band name called it. Oxford yeah, Ox- coma. Oxford coma. <laughs> God, you, you go so quickly to those puns, but they're so good. Sometimes. A lot of I, I really don't. liked your energy at TikTok this week. I, I, I will say that like your energy on stage was carried like, over from Sunday. Yeah. If you can, if you can carry that, forward in a oh, way I'll be okay authentic. you know what I learned recently okay so I've been having mild depression for the last two three months but it's been like it's not anything to worry about uh and I know people have worse problems or more severe depression but if you don't think have I've, mild depression you're not a human being I have some great yeah right or if you're in these times and you're not you're something wrong with you you're right. dissonant as, as fuck but what I learned is if you force energy into yourself it will trick your brain into thinking you're not depressed anymore. And what I've done is I'll start to just, I'll just be like, Oh, I got energy. And then I can carry that. I don't, I don't need to focus on a set list. I don't need to focus on anything. I need to drop all that shit. That's not stuff that matters. When my brain is happier, I don't need a set list. Yeah. I need to be happy and, or at least fake it and then become, have that energy and the confidence that kind of comes with that dopamine or serotonin or whatever that will take you. It works for me now mm-hmm. so i've seen it work for you yeah. i can attest to that i can 100 yeah. attest to that have you heard of laughter yoga no no so it's basically uh, when a group of like uh, there's an instructor and there's a group of people and you force you make yourself laugh out loud together and there's like different uh like ha 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 ho 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 ha 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 ho like and then you do it together as a group and it gets to the point where your brain is tricked into thinking you're actually laughing. So then it releases those chemicals. You feel better. And it gets to the point where you end it by actually laughing. Yes. It's, it feels absurd, especially when you start doing it. The looks I see people give uh, when you tell them that you know this is what you're about to do uh, is 
is so funny. But then by the end, people are actually laughing. Like one of my favorite things that I was doing before COVID in my presentations, I was like, all right, now what I want you to do is I want you to turn to the person next to you on your left, look at them in the eye. And for 90 seconds, I want you to laugh without breaking eye contact. And within six seconds, people are actually laughing because it's an absurd thing that I just asked them to do. And they're like doing this thing together. Like what is happening? And, and I tell them to stop after six seconds. I'm like, no, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not an insane person. Uh, but, but it, it, it's funny how you can like trick your brain into doing that. These are these little mind hacks that we are all capable of doing in, in moments that, uh, you know, these are the conversations that we need to be having as a society. Like, no, you can actually like not get mad when somebody tells says something that you don't agree with. And here's how. Right. I, I one thing I have to work on is just like arguing with people and getting mad because I just get frustrated. I have every right to feel frustrated and every right to feel as if what I'm doing is going to help, but I'm wrong about it. And I the habit, the habit I've formed is a bad habit because it's not effective and it only makes my me feel worse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really get anywhere. All it does is add to the, the division in the country. If anything, it's bad. It's actually a bad thing that feels good or feels right, but isn't right. Right. Need to let go of social media. Everybody needs to let go of social media because it's ruining everybody's lives. Mm. Right. Generally. So. Right. Share successes and, you know, good news and ask for help and network. Use it like LinkedIn. Don't use it like Facebook. Isn't it funny that we've built a tool that connects all sides of the earth and we've chosen to use it to start arguments? We need to stop blaming ourselves. It's just like climate change. Corporations are pushing this on us. Mm -hmm. And then we're blaming ourselves for some reason. It's a mass manipulation. I don't, people don't have as much free will as they think they do. And they're, we're all being manipulated because we're humans and we react to stimuli in a very consistent way. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, corporations have made us feel like, oh, the reason why we have climate change is because you're the problem. You need to be more responsible, even right. though we're literally fucking making this shit in factories. Stop yeah. the plastic. Plastic needs to be banned. Yeah. Oh, right. And considering it's made from, it's an oil based product. Petroleum, yeah. That that solves two problems. Right. Well, I mean, Damn. one big problem in two ways. I, I mean, I feel the same way about overnight, electric but, cars. Right. I mean, electric cars are the kind of the same thing where it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like, electric car still runs on uh, fossil fuels, whether or not they're being processed right. in the car or at a factory to in order to create electricity. That's why we have mountaintop removal problems, because we use... Uh, coal in order to run our electrical grid so it's like it's like um it's tough to say that okay well electric cars yeah they solve a a one issue that emissions it's all they like on the streets that's all they they really solve but the batteries themselves uh are also very harmful to the environment because they take so long to um decompose Mm-hmm. So there's an issue there that they, mm-hmm. plus the amount of um, plastics and uh, crude materials it, ma- it takes to make them. And then it still uses electricity, which is on a electrical grid that's run by crude oil or still run by coal. So, yes, yeah. we, we solved one issue. There's a less emissions from cars, but we've. Already, because of the electric car, we've created 10 others. 
Right. Yeah. It, as long as we're taking two steps forward, one step back, like, yeah. because with every solution it comes with new problems. Yeah. Agreed. It's yeah. like a temporary no fix to like finally find something better that will then finally negate a lot of that stuff and move us forward instead yeah. of stall. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And that's the harm that comes with making judgments about things. Because once you make a judgment, once you have a belief, a set belief about something, like there's no wiggle room. So whereas when you solve a problem, it's not like solved forever. Like there's no best, perfect, there's no such thing. There, there's always room to make it better. But sometimes I've changed throw, my mind about so many things. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, they said sometimes we do throw parades like that as if we have solved the issue entirely when it's like yeah, you've solved a issue, but it it doesn't mean all issues are now uh, with that one specific thing isn't com- entirely solved. Like, yes, we should we should bask in the triumph of starting to solve those things, but we haven't. It's like it's like uh, it's like George Bush getting going onto that boat and saying mission accomplished. When in reality, we've only solved maybe one thing. Yeah, we we like uh, we like the loose ends to be tied up when we live in a reality where there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. So funny to me. Mm-hmm. And bro, we got space. <laughs> so whenever we think we solve the problem, we got space to deal with. Right. So uh, so let's get as many wins now as we can. And actually, I just saw that Sweden has delivered the world's first shipment of steel produced without the use of fossil fuels. Mm. So, I mean, there's innovations that are happening and, and, and this is the thing It's like, it's great that Sweden did it, but we're having these stupid arguments here in America about dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Like when in the past it was just like, we're, we're building this factory and we're doing this new thing and we're trying this new thing and we're innovating and, and uh, that's slowing down and I hate it. Right. A lot of things are being abandoned outright and losing money because of just rapid changes in the way people want to do things. And Right. Being married to, to one set way of doing things. Like, uh, I mean, you look at the fossil fuel industry. Imagine if they were just the energy industry. Right. That means, okay, well, fossil fuels, the market isn't, the demand for fossil fuels is going down. We can see the trends. So let's pivot into let's pivot more funds each year into developing alternative energy. But if you're a fossil fuel company, what are you gonna do if if alternative energy is coming to play? There was a climate scientist that was saying something about his Peter Kalmus on Twitter. He's a climate scientist. He was saying that in some way, if they start to um, phase out uh, oil, they're gonna make a lot of money. So it's in good in their good interest to phase it out because the demand will go higher and they'll still line their pockets with money as it all phases out and goes away. And so it's kind of a win. I am very that is not the most accurate way of describing it. So you'd have to check it out. Calmus with a saying yeah. it's weird it's weird how his name is Peter Calmus. Even though he's always alarming everyone, um, <laughs> you know, like it's spelled with a it's spelled with a K. And I said that once. And I commented like, "Why don't they just call you Peter Alarmus?" But he was like, he never responded because uh, he's got more important things to worry about than yeah. some asshole making a stupid pun about his Twitter presence. Dude, he scares me every day with his climate news, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, so we got to find those stories where people are actually doing something about it. Yeah, Yeah. that's then, and that the media plays a role in that. Um, 
Unfortunately, it's very manipulative. I mean, you listen to the words the anchors use when they describe a story, the, the adjectives that they use, they provide, that's like an emotional. Uh, Devastating. Yeah. Right. Tragic. The, the music. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's manipulative. All of yeah. it. Take the music out. Spooky music is never good. It always manipulates your emotions. Right. Yakety sacks to everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can, if you can scare someone with, with yakety sacks, then you know, it's, really scary <laughs> that's how you know something's real or not you use use opposite music and then if it's still effective you know something's up with it uh the floods in new york city tragic <laughs> devastating <laughs> or uh, oh, maybe that's the solution to everything anytime somebody uh <laughs> is delivering uh, bad news or getting in an argument. Look, or, uh, yakety sacks just starts to play until look, they we're trying like, to get say, back to being uplifting. What mm-hmm. we're trying to say is take out the paper and the trash or you don't get no spending cash. <laughs> <laughs> yakety sack, don't talk back. And he's out. <laughs> <laughs> Who you did find that? Jeremy were... online, on Twitter at... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what it's it's not Jeremy Demery. Is it Demery Jeremy? I don't know. I, I'm never Demery. on Twitter. I think it's uh, Dem- tweeted yeah. a few times, and then you were like, "I did it." I tweeted. Yep, I tweeted. I'm a tweeter. Tweeted. Uh-oh. Yeah, check me out. Yeah, look at him. I need more followers on Twitter, and then maybe I might take Twitter seriously. Yeah, and uh, what do you want to plug? Uh, I could plug my show coming up. Uh, at Gunzelman's Tavern, I have a show coming up September 19th. I forget who's on it. <laughs> I'm on that one, right? Yes. David's on that one. So okay. come see me and David at Gunzelman's September 19th. You'll get to hear my yakety sax bit <laughs> and my uh, my COVID the sequel. <laughs> uh, Steve. Oh yeah, check me uh, out on Instagram. Anything too. else you want to add? <laughs> my Twitter is Mers Comedy, which I don't like already, so I'm going back to Stephen Mers because my Steve Mers is never mind. It's a long story, but yeah. that's my yeah maybe. Mers Comedy. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I'm done. All right, dude, plug away. <laughs> you sound so. Upset. I have nothing to plug either, so I have no shows coming up that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this was a good discussion. Uh, you can find more discussions like this on any other uh, sort of topic. Uh, we bring in a lot of really awesome comedians. This podcast has taught me so much about comedy. I think it's accelerated my development as a comedian uh, just because I'm able to learn from uh, so many comics that have done so much more than me. Uh, always be learning. Always ask questions. Never assume that uh, your way is the right way and keep pushing yourself and uh, keep pushing yourself to listen to this podcast. You can't laugh at that. Uh, we've got almost 100 episodes now and uh, we're really looking forward to what the future may hold. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That. And uh, you can visit our website where you can purchase any of the and support any of the artists that we've had on this show. Uh, You can buy their albums, you can buy their books, whatever they have uh, at watercoolercomedy.org forward slash podcast. All of those uh, Amazon links are there. And if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, there's also uh, uh, some links for some of the products that we use to to do this virtually because... You know, if COVID's going to happen, you got to lean into that. And this is Golden Ox Studio. And yep, definitely check out goldenoxstudio.com 
if you want to do a podcast, Jeremy does a great job editing, uh, music, and and all of that. Um, GoldDocStudio.com. And you, you couldn't work with a better guy. Jeremy's great. Jeremy is awesome. Uh, you can follow me on social media at the David Horning on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we don't have an Instagram page for this podcast as of now. Um, so anything uh, podcast related, you can find on my Instagram. And then uh, you can find me at uh, watercoolercomedy.org. I do a bunch of stuff in addition to just stand-up comedy. I, I try to challenge uh, uh, managers and, and uh, CEOs and, and HR to rethink their own position in order to make their own companies better. So uh, if that's something that's of interest to you, check that out. Other than that, I'm done plugging and uh, support live comedy however you can. Uh, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod and uh, rate us. Make sure you rate us five stars. Okay. That's that. That's the podcast and uh, podcast. <laughs>